Stand-up comic joke it up one time. Fun day. <laughs> Fun day. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. All right. This is the comment. Already? Really? That's how I'm starting it? Okay. So, all right. This is the comedy nerdcast called Let's Talk About Sets, where we study the maddening craft and fuzzy science of stand-up comedy. I am your uptight host, Jeff McBride. True. And with me is our lovable basket case of a co-host, <laughs> Harrison Tweed. Yeah, I'm way more relaxed. Jeff fucked up the intro. He probably <laughs> is going to edit it out, but... Um... Good job, Harrison. <laughs> I don't say that enough. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest already. today is New York City born and bred comedian Dave Lester. Hey, yeah. Dave. Oh, hey, guys. Mm-hmm. What's happening? Please don't fight. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Our theme today is crowd work. That's essentially improv for stand-up comedians. Our first clip is by Patrice O'Neill, and it's a collection of deleted scenes from Elephant in the Room. Because you don't respect what we go through. You think he wants to see you every day? This face. Just look at her face. It's just like a stroke victim. Just. It's just. Can you imagine if I'm your man and I have to be with, like, I'm trying to disco dance to make your life better? I'm sorry, say that again. No, no, don't even go, huh? That's what I knew she was gonna say. That's the face she has. And that's the that's what you deal with. That's what she has to add. You have to make laugh. Who's gonna make your miserableness? That's not my job to pull your misery from inside your gut. I don't know what happened to you. I can't make the things you're still dealing with from when you were six come out in laughter? <laughs> she, and this is why, you know, she's not... This is women. You have movies in your head that only star you, directed by you. Everybody else is laughing, and she goes, you have to make me laugh. The fact that laughter's contagious should help you get on the inside. You don't know what you're talking about. She does. Look at that face. She knows. Don't get mad. I'm just saying, you need to stop being so wrapped up. But that's like he's seeing you're auditioning for him to be your man at some point. This guy is a nice guy. He actually. (laughs) You know how fast I would get rid of her as a friend? throw something in the garbage just so I can blame her for stealing it. I'd be like, hey, bitch, my watch was right here. Oh, I put it right here, bitch. You, you stole from me, ho. Just so I could never talk to her again. 
So let me ask you, okay, by a show of hands, guys, uh, how many of you, your woman tells wonderful stories? The guy holding his woman and she's cold. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 okay. No. Uh, you, 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 yeah, great stories. No, well, let's see that hand held high, bro. <laughs> Commit. Told you. And he's looking at this white couple, right? And she's just like, you better. <laughs> Cause she don't want to look like a villain, and so she just. <laughs> but she don't tell good stories. She just she don't. What's your name? Dave. What's your name? Hi. Hi. This is truth. When you call Dave from another room, Dave, immediately <laughs> he goes. <laughs> what the? F- what does she want? Now, Dave, you want to hear what happened to me today? You'd be like, oh, oh, oh. I make my girl tell me the end of a story first before I invest any more time into listening to the rest of it. You want to hear what happened to me today? No, what happened? Somebody got shot. All right, go ahead. Try to tell story. <laughs> Starts off wrong. You know my friend Diane, right? Uh, no, I don't really. I don't. You know Diane? I don't know Diane. I I don't. You, now I gotta tell you another two-hour story. <laughs> Ten years ago, I made you go to a party you didn't want to go to. And I introduced you to some people you didn't care about. Well, Diane was one of them, remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember. You don't remember. You're just saying you remember. So I could tell the story faster. Well, why don't you tell uh, the story faster, sweetie? Who... got shot? Did Diane get shot? No? Did she, did she shoot somebody? No? Well, why did you say Diane? Because we were talking and she don't like guns and I don't like guns and I and I think they should make a rocket ship and shoot all guns into another... Who got shot? All right. Oh my, oh my god uh let's let's dig into this yeah. uh, why did you pick this bit in particular or patrice in general i guess well because uh uh patrice at the time uh was about my age now i am now and uh i just feel like i know my voice now and, mm-hmm. and uh it's very similar to his approach and his cro- level of crotchety mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. but well but definitely well-meaning and definitely eloquent and also he has an we have an emotional maturity uh, that that offsets the the, the, the maturity of our, of our brains. Like so, so I know what the fuck I'm talking about, and I know how I feel about what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he is the best representation of how 
of that process within myself. So mm-hmm. yeah, so he, he mirror. So he, 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 I feel like he mirrors, he mirrors me uh, right now where I'm at. So he's a big influence on you just in general. Right say. now, because we do, yeah, we, because we both, you know, we both have these things going on. Mm-hmm. Him posthumously, obviously, and me currently. Yeah, yeah I bet his women tr- troubles are a lot less now. <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That is a assumption. If any comic that's dead is getting haunted by women, it's (laughs) definitely Patrice. A lot of bloggers. (laughs) Thank you, Patrice. (laughs) Told you, you fat fuck. (laughs) Yeah, he's like that. That's his hell. Is he just has to read feminist blogs all day? (laughs) (laughs) Just making it up nicely for earlier. There's so many good things in this. Uh, I loved right away. He just he points out uh, something in the room. This face, right? Mm-hmm. This face, and it, and he has so much stank on the oh. way he says this face. Like it's so there's so much as you said you can while hear we're listening. The emotion. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can hear his I, solid emotion on it. I loved how he immediately he moved right into your face stroke. was like a stroke victim. <laughs> <laughs> like it stuck like that. And all of that was really this setup to direct her into saying, You gotta make me laugh. So that he could thereby prove the point that A, we're not responsible for the for the things that you have going on mm-hmm. that, that are outside our realm. And why are you here? Mm-hmm. Why are you really here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what you that's what a customer has to ask himself when they go to a comedy <laughs> why are you really like, uh, yeah, yeah. what do you think is getting ready to happen yeah yeah what did Fucking you expect crazy. right right and and laughter is contagious that part was yeah, so oh, this God. should be helping that should you. help you yeah yeah oh like, my this, God. Is the, this is the clinic bitch and you yeah yeah, yeah. You're, you're failing at the help place yeah yeah what do you think how much if you had to say and this is not a fair question i know that but if you had to say how much do you think of that is canned versus actual rift. I mean, and let's define our terms, actually. Canned, in this case, is obviously like, it's, it's pre-rehearsed, it's prepared, he's used it many times in lots of different situations. A riff is just off the top of your head, off the cuff, respond, responding, like you might when you're joking around with your friends. Well, two things about that. Number one, I mean, he's a, he's a pro. Any pro that's been doing it for a long time has, if not an idea of canned response mm-hmm. that he can lend his chops to, yeah, or he just has a natural understanding about this beast that's in front of him mm-hmm. that he has slayed before, and as a result is maybe instinctually guided. Mm-hmm. His instincts kick in. I find I do both. I have canned stuff, and I right. also, I always, and I know a, I know a certain type of personality when I'm dealing with them, yeah. and, I, and then then you know it takes over. I don't even I'm not even controlling anymore my natural. Mm-hmm. My natural, whatever it is, comes into play. I first learned about how crowd working works because I actually took a class in San Francisco from a guy named Joe Klocek. And his whole thing was just don't think. If you think you're dead uh, and, and gather Absolutely. and get information, information, information. Everything's yeah, information. Questions. Always ask more it. questions and don't put pressure on yourself. It'll come. And uh, what I... What I what I liked about that was it got me out of this idea, this that pressure of it, it, you have to make this funny because that pressure can ruin. It gets you out of that brain. You're right. out of the zone mm-hmm. the moment that you feel like you have to do that. You can keep adding on like levels of inception. You can keep going deeper and deeper until something. You're gonna hit a nerve. You're mm-hmm. gonna hit. You're gonna hit. And the more you go, 
it's like a bow and arrow. The further back you draw it, the, the stronger that, that arrow is going through. Right. The release of the finally release finding it is it going can to be, be huge. that much more. Yeah, absolutely. The, there was one line that I really loved, uh, or a series of lines that I really loved, that I can tell he's it's like stock, but it was so perfect because he knows the type of person he's going to ask these questions. He classified too. it. The thing is, like, <laughs> yeah. I would hate you so much. I would throw shit in the garbage. That was definitely just yeah, to blame you just for stealing blame. it. Yeah. Yeah. That is Get so fucking masterful because <laughs> yeah. it applies to so many people. And I, you know, he's used that before. You can slip but that in almost anywhere. anywhere. That, that is a great right cross. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. But and just like when we before we started doing stand up or actually I'm going to keep it to myself. But I believe you felt the same way. Like when I watched Louie, I was like, this guy's just talking. I mean, yeah, yeah we didn't know. talk about but He's just talking. Like, but to that audience, they all think that he just like kind uh-huh. of thought of that on the spot. So it's like magical. For yeah, them. he's definitely they're definitely chessing the game. They're not checkering. We're, we're playing, yeah, we're playing yeah. chess up there, mm-hmm. and we know the position. We, 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 he basically baited her into the position where he could fucking not, made her. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, I said this off mic, but I'm gonna say it again to you guys because I think the analogy is pretty good. <laughs> it's like uh, like the audience thinks. Um, that you're just giving them something like a little free treat when you start talking to them and they maybe get a jab in, but it's like, Oh no, no. I'm, you were a dog. I expected you to do- you're a dog. <laughs> and I just put a bone in front of your face and then I threw it in a crate and you're like, hell yeah, free bone. It's like, no, now you're just trapped Didn't you see in that my stick bit. With a string on it, bitch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The trap bar. Because <laughs> they're just they're just being now led into kettle, bitch, a cause... long bit that like the comic is like got so much material. And yeah. and it's it's sort of like if you ever go to buy a car, you're so outgunned because that guy sells cars all day. Yeah, you yeah. buy one car. That's what I. That, that's the. That's the level of arrogance that I can never get over about like people who talk to comics like, yeah. like incessantly. I'm like, you do know like I do this. Like, I don't go to fucking gyms challenging fucking dudes at a rip going yo. Yeah. I bet I could do more <laughs> reps than you. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. do that. I just fucking. Can you help me with my curl? Yeah. How's my form? Like that's what the fuck I do when I go to the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These the people, thing that people don't get too is that the context is so decisive because when you are making somebody laugh in conversation, they do not expect you to make them laugh. So the very fact that you have something that is funny at all is a surprise. Yeah. And so you get the element of surprise that will cause laughter just from being funny off the cuff. Open. As opposed to, yeah, close. Make me laugh. Make me laugh. Yeah. I'm expecting you to make me laugh. So it's a, it's a double, it's, it's, it's twice as, it's at least twice as hard. Laughter is for the, is for the willing. And again, why are you here? Why are you here? Yeah. Like the other night I was in, and this woman, she was talking through one of the comic sets and then uh, the comic said something and then he tried to bait her. He asked her some questions and she wouldn't, she wouldn't bait. So he didn't know what to do. He, he, he left her alone. He moved forward. He ended the set. Okay. And I got back up there and I'm like, Hey, you good? Are you all right? My job is to check in as the host check in with. Hmm. The the patrons. Just to be clear, real quickly, um, when somebody's hosting, their job is essentially to bring each comic up and manage the energy of the room. Absolutely, okay. and that's exactly so. Okay, this person uh, is is outside of the matrix. So what's going on? You good? I'm, okay, are you on a date? Okay, and then and then uh, and then you good? I'm going to start. So you know, I'd rather you talk to me than to, than to them uninvited. Yeah. Right. And uh, she goes. Uh, 
I don't know. She said some words. She said a, <laughs> she said a series of words. It sounds important. That, that, said, that, that, that she wasn't saying anything because I, I'm always looking for something meaningful. Oh, yeah. Can I do something? But then she said nothing else. So then I was like, all right, well, you know, like I said, check in with me and we're cool. We're good. Can I get you something you need? Okay. And then she started up. She started. You ever see a comic run the light? And they start a new joke after. Uh, it's like, didn't I just? Didn't we just wrap up? I gave you the light, bitch. I gave you the opportunity <laughs> to be nice and congenial, and I like to give you the opportunity to walk away. Even Stephen, both of us, I don't jab you. Yeah, yeah. you don't keep talking. I, so I give you the opportunity <laughs> to go away, to go away, get out the game. Yeah. Right, right. And she called me back to the game. I'm like, I said, you know, there's no way you're gonna win this, right? There's no way <laughs> yeah, you're funnier yeah. than me. I finally was just like, let uh, me just big dick it right now. You're not gonna. There's nothing you're gonna say out of your body <laughs> as it pertains to today, right now, <laughs> that's gonna be funnier than what I'm gonna say into an amplified device with people that know I'm funny. You're not gonna win this. So that's just where your ego is. <laughs> and then she fucking didn't say anything after that because I presented her with logic. I didn't even want to make it funny. You did, yeah. I was yeah, gonna say yeah. that's not even. You didn't even do you're uh, outgunned yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> bow down did not come for you i feel like beyonce up there i, was, I did not come for you hoes <laughs> i can't slight, bitch <laughs> i don't give a fuck about how cute you like. look what about the element of joy with crowd work there is there yeah. is especially when you like first dates or new 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 relationships are fun uh uh just uh mom <laughs> I hope not. My mom's dead. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. That'll learn you. Yeah. My dad's dead. We can, they're probably fucking. That's cool. I hope so. Sorry, sorry. Just, to, just to be clear for the listeners, uh, uh, Dave is incredibly important, and uh, there's no way he could turn his phone off for 90 minutes, and, and so we're, we're accommodating him. We, we, know, we know. know what it's like. I mean, well, one day we'll be famous, but like, kids. we'll get to the point. I'm fucking with you. That felt very unfuckwittably. Not the only I'll, one who stays on their like, phone during you, this. You're lucky I didn't bring him. I was gonna. <laughs> 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 I was supposed to do show last time, and I got stuck with him. So we to actually have to do a lot of crowd work on this show. My kids would have hit you with a few. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure they're quick. Trust me, I, I understand. Uh, it, 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 we all have our babies. This one's mine. I hear that. I'm not going to drop your baby. <laughs> it's okay. And I ain't going to touch it. And and you. and to be fair, almost everybody does it. <laughs> I got, I, this is it's, the world we live in, man. Yeah. It's the way it is. It's the way it is. So stop yeah. being a bridezilla. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I feel like a little bitch now. I drop our baby all the time. So. You know that like baby's dropper. maybe retarded You like you fall asleep with, with the baby in your hand, the cigarette, and it burned the baby. I burned the baby. The baby. <laughs> Now that I have derailed us, let's let's re-rail. <laughs> re-rail. <laughs> All right. That sounds, sounds like a gangbang gang term. Oh, you know, re-rail her, dude. We've been railing her all night. Yeah, you missed it. So uh, let's talk about a couple elements of the theme. We talked about a little bit about heckler management. Mm. I mean, what are, you, what are your rules with it? You got to know how much seasoning to put in the pot. Mm-hmm. You got to listen before you react. I've seen comics overreact, and it just changes the dynamic of the room, especially the host. The host is supposed to be affable, flexible, likable, like seemingly likable, and just 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 the mother figure, the the matriarch of the show. He's look, she's he or she is looking after the show, You're nursing them on your bosom. Like you can't be like, bitch. You know, you got you got to really. Yeah. 
accept each child for, for each person or each situation for that different Situation. Right, right. And do you do you try to determine the difference between like like uh, is this person being malicious? Exactly. Does this person just the, need attention? Exactly. Yeah. You have to, there are supportive hecklers out there that are just really, really overzealous people who love the love the process, uh-huh. and 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 maybe you surprise them with something so 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 they're not sure where they fit in what you're saying, so they gotta feel like they gotta fill it in. Mm-hmm. Let me help you. Let me. Yeah, I think yeah. you want to say right. this. No, right. that's not. Yeah. That, that, and if you, you overreact to those people, you cannot. Yeah, it's, it does. It's no go. But if you're already in this, in a, but they, but if we're flying up there and we got some turbulence and they see that, they think they're throwing us a life forever. They're really throwing us more turbulence. Like, this, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, I always think it like when you get on stage, you're, uh, you're being judged if you're going to be likable to the crowd. They're, they're trying to gauge if they like you. Right. As soon as someone heckles you, you are already in hero position because you have to stop the villain. And that could be a, a you know, a, a, an aggressive heckler. That could be a nice heckler. But anyway, there's uh, Pete Holmes says like it's a small fire in the room and someone's got to put it out. And you usually just need a little bit of water and then it goes away. Mm-hmm. But if you get too mad at them, you just flip the position and now oh. you're a maniac oh, yeah. and you're yeah. a villain yourself. I ain't got just, mad. You can just say wow. what they're doing and just being honest about what they're doing you and not the in a funny way. And you're you're kind of kind of going to shut them down. Yeah, you can just be like, wow, you, you really like talking. Yeah. And you're being honest and you didn't say anything that's not profound. We do that in social work. <clears throat> it's called it's called mirroring and inviting and then containing. So you mirror by repeating what the person said. Yes. Because it's usually yes. some foolishness. They hear it. Now you're inviting them to either make a decision about what's going to happen next. And then based on that decision, you contain it. Now when you contain it, everybody else outside the container sees what it is yeah. and doesn't want anything to do with it. Now you diffuse it. And then it's, it's a bomb. It's a control. It's a control explosion. We move forward. Oh, so you actually have a principle from so, your life and social work yeah. that you apply. Well, mm-hmm. uh, science, baby. To, yeah, that you apply to managing the social dynamics mm-hmm. of being a host on stage of riffing. Especially and, now, because yeah. like it's like you can't say you can't raise your voice to women. You can't. Mainly, I'm gonna be keeping it on. It's mainly women out here heckling. That they, you know, they the the, the spiritual awakening that is the w- divine feminine. God bless it. God, yeah. you know, I believe God is a woman four or five days a week. <laughs> also believe that uh, it has empowered a lot of people who are not, yeah. not good people. Uh huh. There are people out there that just that just you know they t- they're shooting their shot and they're over and they you know they're being heavy handed. And no matter, I mean, I'm sure things have happened that have to happen to them. But they the bullied have become some of the bullies now. Mm-hmm. And I I don't I don't I don't I don't let that rock. Yeah, yeah. But I'm polite about it. You know, and I try to be even. Have you uh, have you used this technique where you you will compliment them first? Nope. Uh, I don't deserve it. I no, mean, no, that's not the context it's, here. It's the a, context, you did a bad thing. Fuck how, you, how pretty your eyes are. No, what I mean is, <laughs> what oh. I mean is, let, let, me, let me clarify. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's the setup. Like, it's, it's oh my God, like you, uh, I, I could talk to you all night. You know, after the show, how about then? Oh, yeah, like, I know you what know you what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's a, that setup so that you come in sweet. Do, I've done that too. I've been like, you're a very lovely girl. I can tell no one's told you no enough. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Now that's a problem, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's a way to, there's a way to diffuse every situation. Mm-hmm. You have to be patient. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always readily pre- present itself. And at the very, and at the end, at the very, very core of it, I, I remind them through logic that I am in fact at work. Mm-hmm. And you know, you ain't gotta agree with me, but take the ride. Yeah, 
You know, I don't like the way my Uber driver takes me, but as long as I get home, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dude, you are seven analogies a minute. It's amazing. I fucking love it. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. You might even drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think that's fant- that's fascinating. You're like it's an analogy on the fly, and uh, like I literally I have to I, every I go oh that's another yeah, good you one. Keep going well, that's back another good one. It. It's so great. Your mind goes to analogy very. I quickly. think that's just that's how really cool. my operating. That's how my procedure is. Everybody has a different. Yeah. Do you think that happened after you had kids? Because you are, you have to explain things in relation to things a lot when you're a parent. That's a good, that's a very astute thing that I haven't really, I, haven't, I never really considered it. I, uh, I think I've been very verbose for the most of my life. Uh-huh. Uh, I've never been, I can't say never, but I've never been completely scared to say what I wanted to say. I've been cautious about who I say it to because uh-huh. that's just how context works. Yeah, yeah. But I think, I think def- things definitely opened up when I got married. Yeah, yeah. Because I had to be able to draw in many different colors and different mediums and paint in different mediums. Slip that one in there. Stand up is the thing you got to give uh, people that are non comics analogies for. Like it's like this. That's why so Norman many people Rockwell. say like plumber or dentist. You wouldn't go up to a dentist and ask him mm-hmm. to give you a root canal like on the street when people ask you to have a joke. Right. Like there's a million ways to um, convey that. And I think if you're in a relationship or I guess if you have to, but you're actually showing them the way the world works in terms of kids, you probably do have to like be quick on your feet to like analyze things and compare it to something else so that they understand listen. already. Learning how to listen, but <clears throat> write while you're listening. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. I mean, if you're a good comic while you're doing your set, you're listening. While you're doing, yeah. you're saying your jokes, you're listening. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not talking about when the laughter comes. I'm talking about before. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about as you're doing your setups and as you're doing your work and you're seeing the areas. It's like it's like being being Neo in the Matrix when once he realized he was the one. It's like different different uh, different energies. You, oh, that I need to work on. I need to work over there more. Yeah. I need to, this guy. Don't give a this guy mm-hmm. don't give a fuck about. What's you good, sir? Like, <laughs> understanding that as you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And not waiting for them. Not waiting for the result. Like you're fixing it. Basically, you're fixing the math problem before the answer, so that so so that it's the answer you you anticipated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about energy with with relation to riffing, uh, and reading that energy and responding to that energy. Let's take the Patrice O'Neill example. It seemed to me like he tipped the energy a little toward he would intentionally push it so that people would go ah, oh, right, and then he'd we'd wait for that and go don't go ah, oh, don't don't go there. You you know I'm in control. You know I uh, this is happening the way I want it to. It's like he he makes the energy of the room drop into oh there's some sort of violation occurring here of some sort. He's prepping them. That's primer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these people are going to be triggered, and he's basically pointing them out. He's also go- ripping the head off an animal. Going anybody else? Okay, let's begin. And yeah, yeah. Boom. Mm-hmm. And I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I like my. I, I, I don't hate white people. You know, I, but I like making people. I'm like making people uncomfortable to see who's really who's who's triggered, mm-hmm, and then yeah. I go to work on that ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like when black people get mad when I go after white people. Like, like when I go after the white. When I say white people, I, I I've done it in my in my in my on my my 45 minute set. I make the distinction between me saying uh, I have a problem with white people. I have a problem with the structure that 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 caters to you know white people mm-hmm. in this country mm-hmm. and i definitely have a problem with people who choose to ignore it right mm-hmm. that is what i say when i 
But I don't have to do that in my setup every time. If in, after 30 minutes of me doing my work, you can't figure that out, you don't belong in this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just, again, uh, but I do make it uncomfortable up front. I want to be a white man. One of my jokes is I want to be a white man for 10 minutes on my birthday in Midtown on a Wednesday afternoon ordering something and not getting what I want. Oh, yeah, I've that seen you do that. Wild. Yeah. That sounds wild. <laughs> and I go, why? Because I want to be flabbergasted. I've never been flabbergasted. <laughs> I want to be You've never been flabbergasted. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't got enough white in you yet to be flabbergasted. You got to have jowls. You need white hair. Now you got to be a certain level of white man. <laughs> so that's but leading into that joke, people are come. He want to be a white man. Black people, uh, 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 black people really get mad at the beginning of that joke, and I love it. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, could, I could actually see that. And so you're playing with that energy. And, and emotion, man. Yeah. Because now they're compelled to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. then you're drawing that bow back because mm-hmm. they don't know what's going to happen they just yeah. know this motherfucker is digging a hole yeah 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 and where is it going and right. then i release that shit with flabbergasted and then i explain with flabbergasted and i act that shit out a few times that yeah. shit is fucking that shit is a so ride. fun yeah that's uh really cool we it's funny that you brought up that because that's a lot what we talked to with camille about camille theobald came in yeah. with attention and camille. release yeah. and that's just like when you're bringing that up and you're and you're making people jittery or angry mm. you're really like they're if they're gonna laugh they're gonna laugh really fucking because you're when drawing it you're drawing that boba the thing about it, you have to know who you are in relation to that angst mm-hmm. you have to know the right formula to use yeah 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 you got to know what, what what where are we emotionally playing these people and and how do you relate to that that to the play if you it has to be a certain amount of distance like uh there's a comic there's a comic a latina comic who is disconnected with like she doesn't want to she doesn't she don't want to be she don't want to be she want to be in the white world some like yeah, yeah. comics some like like some people choose white right and she wants to do that but then she dropped the n-bomb but she was already trying to distinguish herself from being you know a minority she's trying to be in, you know, in, on, stage, on stage step yeah and then she used the er and then she couldn't understand why the crowd went left on her. Mind you, it was a like half black crowd, half you know mixed crowd. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't understand why it went right. And I went up and she got off stage. And I said, "Because you used the ER. Niggas don't even use ER. Like I said that. Like, <laughs> black people don't even use. We don't never say nigger. We don't yeah. say nigger. Like, you're, not, you're not aggression in that. We don't yeah, use yeah. that. You never. If you hear a black person say nigger." He ain't, a, he ain't a nigga. He ain't, he ain't not allowed. So we talked a little bit about the uses of crowd work. What about overuse? Uh, yeah, that can happen. You can definitely put too much salt in it. Yeah. I say less is better than more because mm-hmm. you can always add more salt. But if you put too much salt in, no more meal. Like, mm-hmm. you can't eat it. How do you mean? I get the analogy to a point, but I'd love to dig a little bit more into the details. First of all, it's a, it's, this show is called Let's Talk About Sets, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. So the same thing, the, sh- the comedy show is a, is, a, is a series of comic comedic sets mm-hmm. that ultimately end in some kind of arc or crescendo. And the host's job is to, is the host, if you think about it as a train, if you will, mm-hmm. the host or the cup is the cup, is it a, he, he can be the engine or the, or the locomotive. He's also the coupling. He or she is also the couplings of it. Uh-huh. So he has to be able to blend those different uh, sub-environments together yeah. to create a consistent train of feelings, ideas, and so forth. Am I going to say fantastic analogy like 17 times to the rest of this? It's fucking great. It's like Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, you guys are that you guys set the table and then all the comics are like, like um, the candy yams or something. There's a main course is dishes. And that's, you know, the the typical, the typical uh, 90 minute comedy show uh, host opener, middle close is the same. Mm -hmm. The turkey, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
when you're doing when you're doing too much crowd work, you're inviting, you're over inviting, you're changing the dynamic, you're changing the room to to not appreciate the 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 material, the sets, mm-hmm. the tightness of a set, the mm-hmm. the flow, the flow of a set is different than the than the host flow, as right. you all know. I was talking about mm-hmm. this with somebody the other night. I said you need to if you're going to be hosting, you you got to be faster. And when you're doing your yeah. sets, you slow it down. Yeah. Because that's the rhythm, especially in a bar show. In a bar show, a little faster than a comedy show because it's not as sterile. So you have to be engaging and stay, keep them engaged. Yeah. So you got to be a little faster than you would at a comedy show. But still, uh, you still have to be able to, they have to be able to follow you. Yeah. But you can't, over, you, can't over, you can't overstimulate the audience because then they have nothing left for the next person you bring up. Uh-huh. Now, crowd work in terms of... I mean, I'm not going to critique any headliners. If a headliner does 20, 20 minutes of crowd work in, in an hour on an hour set, God bless them. Whatever you're doing to make your money. Mm-hmm. But in New York City, if if you're a host, your job is to, is to set up, set these guys up. You're the pitcher; they're the hitters. Mm-hmm. You get the three outs. You get the fuck off the fucking mound. Let these guys. You're, come you're and get serving the, the show. You're serving the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get the fucking outs. Now, if you have to address something, maybe you have to walk a motherfucker to get to the other person and strike him out. Fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in other words, doing time, do a joke. But if you, but if you have to address somebody with crowd work, fine. But make it succinct. Make it and make it stick. And get the fuck like finish. Yeah. Don't yeah. linger. I, I'm interested in that incompatibility between material and riffing. Uh, uh, that that's fascinating to me. So that that there is. I wonder if it has something to do with immediacy because urgency is exactly what it has something to do. Yeah. And because that, that that crowd work is so it's about them in that moment. It's about that crowd, that moment, that spot right then. And whereas a lot of times the next person comes up and they want to talk about their material and they're like, wait, but it's not about me anymore. Yeah, because then they think, because you, you over-nurse them. It's like breastfeeding a baby too fucking long. That baby walk up to you and pull your titty out. He's six. That's weird. You gotta, hey, look, it, you, 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 it's time for some formula now, bitch. Like, yeah, here's your formula. Don't pull my titty out anymore. <laughs> We're here to drink this formula. Yeah, Let's yeah. get on board. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If your host is over over nurturing the crowd, it's not. I'm imagining just like every audience member with a tit in their mouth, I'm yeah. really nah, upset. I only put a titty back on because he gave you some already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I host something, I want the comic or producer I'm producing with to bring me onto stage. Right. Cause there needs to be, I don't want to be going up dry. You know what I mean? I don't want to have to get my dick hard and their pussies wet. Like I'm jerking the off same their time, pussy. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you, know, <laughs> no, you, jerking, need, you, need, you need boundaries. Yeah. They the, need the boundaries. Guy, the guy comes up is like, thank you for coming to the show. Boom. It's in their head that they're at a show. Would you please get welcome the host of the show? That, that hey, in me. itself because mm-hmm. if you come up as a, I was like, hey guys, you guys ready to get started? They're already kind of like, I was just saw that guy outside. He's just a person. Now right. he's talking. You and have to reset the care? context. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's brilliant, guys. I mean, if, it's a great, a uh, uh, great observation. If the White House didn't have a gate, you wouldn't be like, that's where the president lives. You'd be like, that's that just looks like a. Lives. That does sound like a pretty <laughs> whack president. There's, no, there's nothing surrounding it. It's just there. Like that's like the host. Like you're, you get somewhere and you have to get through like thresholds. Mm-hmm. That's why like. A ticketed show, even if it's technically free, it's like a ticketed show does better because they're like, oh yeah, because if they hit, if they hit the, if they hit the the buy or to to go to, they already care, yeah, and they went, it's free. 
yeah, oh, well, yeah. I'll do that. Anything that just makes them more professional puts them more in the like, oh, we're we're at a show. I, that's what I'm. Concerts. I'm actually really against free comedy. I'm very against it. I think For that really? I think it changes the. It's show. so it's so contextual, and with people pay a freaking dollar, just one dollar, it yeah. changes everything. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're invested, even though it's just a stupid dollar. Well, I do. I do a love bucket. Uh, not to get too. I love the love bucket. I do love bucket. Tell yeah. me how you feel about the show. People drop 20s, 10s, 5s, 1s, nothings, mm-hmm. quarters, yeah. condoms, <laughs> ice. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about is baiting. Um, is is, mm. is baiting. B-A-I-T. So mm. when you're at a show and you can see that somebody's not going to stop or or you want a specific reaction and you have it mapped out like two, three, maybe four different options, whatever it is, and you bait people into one of those reactions. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that? Well, what is your goal? How severe? You know, you have to assess. Again, you have to watch them. Mm-hmm. I watch the show. When I'm not on the stage hosting, I watch the show. If I'm if I'm a comic about to go up on a show I'm on, I watch the show. I watch the problem areas. I watch. Look at the environment. I look at uh, with that with that that couple that's chatty. They're talking amongst themselves a lot. Why they're doing it? How they, look at how they're sitting. Mm-hmm. All of these things help. I get on stage and one of the, it's always uh, a relation. It's always a couple. Uh, the woman's chatty to the comics. The guy's mortified. Uh, and then you find out they're having problems. <laughs> you find yeah. out that, you know, yeah. something's not right. God damn. She's escaping into the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't oh. escape into the show. You need a relationship counselor. We're here uh, to yeah. the Fucking We're not gonna. You're not gonna use us. What I love out. is the amount of experience behind what you're saying. Like I can just hear it Body in your language. voice. Yeah. When when you, when they've been together, you hit them. You hit a, the host. Get the, get out of them that they've been together longer than five years, or that they've been together three years. Trouble. Five years. Trouble. Anything after seven, obviously trouble. Mm-hmm. So and in terms of whatever, so it all sounds like with. trouble. New couples. They just get it. They want to fuck. Like this is this is just this is just foreplay for them. Like mm-hmm. they're not even really here. Just, yeah, yeah. So so you know, and there's different. They're different. They're, you deal with that in different ways. How long they've been together? Oh, they've been together five years. Oh, okay. Do you let them see other? You let them look at other women. This is when I get the chatty woman. Yeah. Do you let them see other look at other women? No. Why not? Why you think he wants to look at you to like that? He's not allowed to look at other women. What do you think he does when you're not with him? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think his dick is still hard? It's not because of you all the time. It's because he remembered somebody from earlier and he came home <laughs> and he burns you. Bitch, that's, a ba- that's like an assist in basketball. And then you sh- humble yourself. Humble yourself. Oh my that's God. why strip clubs example. still exist, guy. Oh, man. You, selfish, you, you, you really think you, you, are, you account for 100% of his, or of his boners, bitch? <laughs> that is so funny. Fucking, oh. Oh God, There's an entire funny. team you're not even talking to. So that's to. a joke yeah. I do, but it's also like, a, shut the, like be humble. Sit down. Yeah. Like, what about guys who won't shut up? Because that's you, a little you, different. Yeah. Because then you got. I'm a black guy. They're usually aggressive, like like overly masculine. It's either one way or the other. Well, they usually they usually passive aggressive. Yeah. Or aggressive. Yeah. So how do we want to do this? Oh, like it's, hipster guy versus like bro guy. Well, I'm, I, well, well, in my in context, I don't get white guys that, that talk out of turn. I just don't. They won't fuck with me. Because I've been in a knitting factory. I've been to all the little nerdy rooms. They shut the fuck up. They listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't bother. Now, I don't have a problem with most men. Yeah, yeah. At all. You know who I have a problem with? 
black men, black like thug ass, like niggas, like black thug ass niggas. Those are the yeah. ones that think they can try me because I look like you can try me. I don't look forty three years old and full and, and have have experience. And I fought in the eighty. I, I fucking sold drugs. I, I smacked people around. I pissed with motherfuckers. Like I did shit. Uh-huh. But I don't look like that now. I enunciate now. Yeah. They think that shit means something. Whatever mm-hmm. they think it means. I had a guy on Monday. He was up there like he was up in the front. He sat right up in the front. Sat up there looking at me oh, like this with the fucking whole the, the whole cover back. You know how brothers try to spread out like a big animal. Cobra back. Cobra back me. Cobra back in me, man. Say that shit for that dude in your neighborhood about the body apartment from under you, man. I don't give a f- like <laughs> I I said, well, yo, where you from? Bed stop. Where? Quincy Street? Yo, how you know, nigga? Because you look like a Quincy Street nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I said that too. Oh, Malcolm X Avenue, Malcolm X Boulevard, Quincy Street nigga. That 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 that's with somebody that's a bad motherfucker. You always you with a bad motherfucker, but you ain't bad. So your your approach is to outdo that energy. <laughs> no, or like, well, what? I just like, let him know. Look, this is a safe place. You don't have to wear that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could wear that. Take Quincy Street back to Quincy Street where you need to be. You, you, if you wanted to be hard and you wanted to cover back, why don't you just go back to Quincy Street? Uh, yeah. You at Moe's. Yeah. Be oh, at Moe's. Be happy, nigga. Have you a fucking have a have an apple cider beer? <laughs> <laughs> you can do that here. You, you can got have grapefruit IPAs here, bro. <laughs> nigga, you got Schopenhauer. You got Schopenhauer, nigga. You got a, get him, and I ordered one. I said, yo, get him out. And he said, yo, this is amazing. Of course, it's amazing. Give him two oranges. <laughs> he lost his fucking. Mind. Let me take pictures together. You're like so killing him with oh, Kyla. So great. Exactly. It's so great. Get I to think the heart I wanna, of the matter. I want to rip off that, like calling someone after a street avenue. <laughs> Yo, Quincy uh, Street. Marcus Garvey down. looking ass. <laughs> That's oh, oh, Malcolm X Boulevard looking ass. <laughs> That's so funny. I want to rip it. <laughs> I'm glad I asked. <laughs> you had to beat. I was there. I know him, mm-hmm. and, and I ran with probably his uncle or his father. He's yeah, this yeah. dude. I'm not, he, and he also has, and I, I'm saying that to let him know subtly that I'm not scared of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. I'm not scared it's of really him. important and, to and make And that's sure. kind of what I meant by like, you're sort of matching that energy. Well, I'm letting him know that I, I know who you are mm-hmm. and I, and, and I know, and you might not know why you're here, but I know why you're here. Yeah. You're here to be, to be free and you should. And I'm inviting him to do that. That's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. And he was not a problem for the rest of the show. Come on. Let's talk about sex. All right, so after witnessing the murder of his parents as a child, David Lester chose to fight against crime, (laughs) that crime that so defined him. You may know him as Ratman, the less wealthy but equally effective version of Batman. (laughs) Uh, The primary difference, of course, Ratman and Batman is the wings. We co-wrote that, Dave and I. This is part me. Yeah, all yeah. the parts that aren't funny. Uh, <laughs> you look on your face. You're like, what the what? fuck is this? <laughs> now I'm never, uh, <laughs> I'm never sending you anything again. <laughs> so I, so people that are listening, so you know, so I exonerate myself from this, from this fucking from this fucking farce. Uh, I. I wrote the first part as if it was going to be like a Batman origin story. And then I say, ha, just playing or whatever. And then I went into my actual bio, which I had to write because I couldn't find my actual one. And then I just finished the story. But uh, McBride came all over the rest of it. <laughs> just it up. All right. According to Dave's bio, uh, he's, always, oh, he's, again. he's mm-hmm. always loved the stage. He went from recording 
stoop roasting sessions oh. to talent shows to finally taking it to comedy clubs all over New York. He has performed at the Apollo. He's appeared on TV One as well as Sirius XM Radio. My first question is, what was the stu- like the, the stoop roast recordings? I'm so fascinated. Tell uh, me. Uh, me, Quincy Street. Uh, no, it was a bunch. It was a bunch of guys you grew up with. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it, it when you're when you. <laughs> When you're young, when you're a young person, and you're and you're poor, you people are trying to make the distinguish. What, where am I on, on the level of poorness, or where am I on the, on the social totem pole? Yeah, like any group of kids, even mm-hmm. even rich kids, everybody has a as a as a as a totem pole uh, mentality. Where people are, where people rank, there's mm-hmm. always a rank, especially with boys. We always have to have rankings and see who's mm-hmm. who's who. He can beat him, but he could beat him. But uh, you know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. so there's that, and then it, it, it translates. It it, it it spills over into socially. He gets more girls than him. Everything is we have to have we have to quantify it. So. Mm-hmm. After a while, you have disagreements, and then that's where the fun happens. That's when you'd be like, well, your mama's fat. So then that morphed into just coming for each other every day. Just everybody would just gang up. We would just five or six of us would get together on the stoop, and we would just be open season. Look at your, what are, you know, what is, <laughs> oh, what, so why your, your, your T-shirt is baggy? Your, why is your, why is your V-neck baggy? It looks like, looks like, you know, whatever, whatever it is, or, or. Yo, when are you gonna get a new pair of sneakers, my dude? Like school started last week, so it was always. Uh huh. And I was the one. I always had. I was always bad with clothing. I my mom. My mom was on drugs. I didn't get a lot of stuff, so I got. I had old, rundown shit, like terrible shit. And so they would come for me. Your shoes look like you look like a dwarf. Your shoes are bent up in the front or whatever. And then I would. I just learned to clap back. That's uh-huh. how it started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just ranking, roasting, roasting, roasting. I, I, I think like look at your moms. That is <laughs> such a common. If, if we're talking real origin story here, yeah. I mean, I heard Chris Rock say it, where he was like, "If you stop bullying, you're you're not going to have any more comedians." Nope. That's and good. and I was like, I was hurt at the time hearing it because it struck so hard to the core because so uh, how much I was bullied and then I was like and I and, and I was like nah uh, you, we can we can do this without bullying no, and I was like can't. and then every comedian I talked to is like Natural oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, you just you respond that it's the stress yeah. you want to hear something funny uh, about about there used to be a big brother a big brothering uh, this loose term because there wasn't but there used to be a big brothering uh down on in the in the comedy cellar slash uh, McDougal Street network, where basically all the older heads would shit on the younger comedians. I mean, shit. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Patrice O'Neill. I heard about everybody. This. I've heard about this, and it was great. He once called me. He said, "You do comedy. You look like you run track." Like, <laughs> and then he next thing, then he would shit on me, and then he would invite me out to his fucking Jersey City uh, home for fucking barbecue on Fourth of July. That's oh, what nice. he did. Yeah. He noogied you and he loved you, and he noogied you and he yeah. noogied you, and he want, you almost wanted to kill yourself, and then he loved you back. And that's we don't have that now because everybody's over <laughs> fucking supportive. Mm-hmm. They're fake. Fake in love with each other, and and nobody, everybody wants their belly rubbed, and that's why people aren't getting as good as they could be getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard of really. I'm just. This is tangential, but it's. Wait. I just. I yesterday heard a really funny Patrice story, which was that he was, and it was like it was being told by Danka because they came up together in Boston. And it was about some guy coming up to Patrice and Patrice like roasting him like he does to everyone. Boom. And the guy thinks he's just like being Patrice roasted. And then Patrice turns to Dan Cook and is like, real hate. 
He took the mask off. Yeah. Isn't that so <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, that was authentically. I hate that. Yeah. I, so to get back to uh, Patrice, Patrice, he was just he he lived his best life. He was the first person. He was he was the first person to be to have black girl magic because mm-hmm. he was just shooting it straight. You yeah, know, yeah. Black, you know, black women right now being are free and self expressed. He was doing that shit when it was really uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, hipsters mm-hmm. would be like, I love, Patri- I, I love Patrice's early stuff, but he was, uh, he was just irreverent, uh, not on purpose. He just, that's just what he did. And that's just, he never changed. That's just how the fuck he was. Yeah. I don't want to make this into a Patrice fucking thing, but yeah, we can he's a man, <laughs> he's a man that is, uh, he's a grown man who, 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 whatever his fears was, he, 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 he dealt with them. Mm-hmm. I have a theory. And that's where I'm at. I have a theory about this. Um, that just is sparking for me now. What Patrice seems to have had was an incredibly solid sense of self. Patrice exactly. knew who uh, he I was. I forgive your white explaining, but go ahead. Well, <laughs> well, let me get to my fucking theory. <laughs> Jesus. I'm a white guy with theories. <laughs> Fuck out of here, yo. Look. <laughs> In I his did. apartment. And I, I, this so, is funny, Rose. So, so, I fucking love it. Yeah. Uh, I, I genuinely do. By the way, I... Uh, I think I wish we could do that shit more. And you're right, that belly rubbing thing. I, I love when, I love busting balls. I love having my balls busted. You get it's it so good, fun. Baby. It's yeah. so fucking, fucking fun. And people get, get so upset about it. And I'm like, it's for fun. Oh, yeah. So okay. Awesome. The theory. <laughs> it's for fun. <laughs> Every time you roast someone, you should just scream in their face. Yeah. It's for fun. <laughs> real hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real hate. Sometimes real hate. Yeah, yeah. Like 20% real hate. Oh, okay. My, God. my theory is that uh, one of the things that m- probably makes people particularly good at riffing, at crowd work, is that they know where they're coming from. They know who they are. And so they always have that backdrop constantly. And that's why he was so good at that. And do you, why do you think that is? Because you, now you touch, on, you touch on something very important for comics to, to know. You... When you first start, out, when you first do start doing stand-up comedy, you, you, are, you are not who you are on stage yeah. the same as who you are off stage. So hard. Right? Yeah. Can we all admit that? Yeah. yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. The process... It's, it's like, who the fuck is this person on it's stage like, now? It's, it's just, the chasm is as wide as making your day... You're trying to make your, you're trying to make your, your, your night lo- job you love into your day job. That's mm-hmm. what we're all trying to do. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing. You're trying to make the mild man reported Clark Kent into the super motherfucker you want to be. And the idea is that you bring them closer and closer and closer together over the course of 20, 25 years. And then eventually you marry them to become one thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And Patrice had already done that. He mm-hmm. had split the fucking atom, right? Mm-hmm. Most amazing, <laughs> That's awesome. most amazing comics. They split the atom. You are one in the although, same. Although, although he, he fused it technically. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Like, I mean, if, 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 good save, if, if, good save. Right. I know there's some nerds listening. Sorry, nerds. <laughs> Sorry, nerds. Uh, uh, that's my go, demographic. Go back, okay. go back to jerking off. Uh, <laughs> not yet. Finish the episode. <laughs> but, you know they do the same. They do it all. They do it all at once. So he he fused the atom. He merged, and and that, that's where I'm at. I'm at the point where I'm all the things I'm I, that people are generally afraid of that I used to be afraid of have already happened to me. So what the fuck else do I have to lose? I'm, I, I, uh, I failed trying to be somebody else. I have failed at comedy trying to be somebody else on stage. Yeah. So if I do me and I and I, and I don't get what I want, I did me. I mm-hmm. still found me. I'm still good. 
do you have like a mentor tip of some sort, like something that a comedian said to you at some point that made a huge difference yep. to you? Todd Len, may God uh, bless his soul, he departed comic. He was the Patrice O'Neill that, that nobody knew. He was, I've heard of him. Todd Lynn. Todd Lynn. He, he would really bust balls, he bust, but more seriously. He was my mentor. Mm-hmm. So as you, as you know, I'm battle fucking tested. If you know anything about Todd, yeah. you know he pulled, he gave no tea for the fever. Yeah. Uh, I say that to say that. He oh, was like, hey, that. Dave Lester. Hey, man. I just want to say, man, uh, you was wrong. You are what's wrong with stand up right now. <laughs> and I'd be like, and I thought he was going to say something. It was after a great set. I had, had a great set. Oh. I had smashed. And he got up and says, hey, man, you, when you going to use them, them fucking $5 words to say something real on stage? That's what the fuck he said to me after I killed. Do you know the euphoria? You all know the euphoria of killing. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then ex- anticipating compliments. Uh-huh. Yeah. What a fucking mind fuck. Yeah, yeah. To totally. get off stage and the one person you were hoping to have something nice to say to you, put it in the butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like put it in the butt with the thorns. You're and like, you were just like, oh. I'm living this re- this dream of a reality, and then it's like your reality is an illusion. It's like come, exactly. come on, I don't want to hear this shit right now. I feel like a white person. Yeah. Right, that was you. I was flabbergasted. How dare you? Yeah, but you know, it's uh, like getting shot in the head right after you had just finished having sex. I like heard you just, it. Like, it's so Can I just boom. enjoy this? Do you know Joe DeRosa or yeah, no? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. had like a similar story because Burr was his guy, his mentor guy, and he like killed at Gotham. Got off stage, thought Burr was going to say something nice. Aaron Burr. Oh no, Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Oh. And Bill Burr was like, and he was like, "What'd you think?" And he was like, "My God, DeRosa! At one point, you're gonna figure out why you're so fucking angry." And then he just like kind of walked away. He was that like, was "What cool. you're or no, what you're actually angry about?" Keying in like, on it, right? So was that the whole? Was that the whole? The whole That's tip? It. That's, That's the whole he, tip. He, so basically, and what did you take from that? What did it, what did it mean to you at the time? I'm, I'm, I felt like. This motherfucker's an asshole, and he's mad because I'm good looking and I get bitches. But, yeah. Yeah. but well, defense mechanisms all the yeah, way. Yep. yep. Ego, yep. ego, narcissism. Right. Right. Shout out to all the millennials. But then, uh, maybe you were he was right. right. Oh yeah, I guess he was right. He too. was right. He yeah. he. It was true. He was also bitter and fucking fine. Bitter. But fine. also, uh, he knew I had more in me. I had way more. I, I, yeah. I wasn't doing comedy yet. I was. That was tinkering with yeah, yeah, But yeah. how did that particular phrase Basically he said, When am I gonna say some things that matter? Like he knows my he knows my my abilities before I did. Mm-hmm. He sees what I have in me. He knows I care about uh black people and equality. He knows I care about these things. I care about young people, I care about mm-hmm. certain things. I have real content that I'm not sharing. I'm not sharing myself. I'm doing I'm getting by with laughs. Yeah. And that's not even my strong suit. Yeah, yeah. You know, so why don't I, why don't I just go ahead and get into something useful? Why don't so, I useful? so that's what you took from that, because it sounded to me from the way you phrased it that he was saying he didn't like the words you were choosing. No, the words he was just saying I was using big words uh-huh. to to basically do shitty, do, do got it. low level got material. It. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So you're dressing it up. Yeah. And there's nothing in the dress. I hate bow ties. (laughs) (laughs) I like bow ties. That's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad I asked. I'm glad you asked too. That was a very good uh, catch. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Cool. You're doing great, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) My guests don't say it enough. (laughs) Come on. Let's talk about sex. 
we have all these great guests on and they all have their awesome ideas. They all have this, their, their way of looking at comedy and life and they share their secrets. They share their theories. They share their tips. And I actually take notes. I, I listen to these things multiple times because I'm editing them. And my idea is that I, why, why not crowdsource this? So here's my idea. What if you took a moment right now to go to our Facebook page and in the discussion section, take that moment to write down what you got out of this episode, something that lit you up that you were like, oh shit, I never thought about that. Or, oh, that improved my writing this way. Or, oh, I think I'm going to be a better performer. Or I just really, really love this thing and other people should check it out because of this reason. What if you did that? Because I'm of the opinion that if we spend some time working to help make each other funnier, it's going to be a lot more enjoyable because I don't know about you, but I'm tired of listening to shitty comedy. I listen to it all the time. And if you do that, I promise you, you'll be glad because Harrison will give you a hand job. If you're a girl, he'll give you a hand job. Either way, either way you'll get a hand job. So go for it. Facebook.com forward slash let's talk about sets. And you can also find the link in the show notes. We are going to play a bit by Dave Lester. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Dave, yeah. Is there anything you'd like to say before we play this material? Uh, no. Great. <laughs> I think this is, yeah. Where was this? Oh, this is at Dangerfield. Dangerfield. Okay, cool, cool. Here in New York. I went 30th. I was last. It was about 30 comics at night. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. All right. This is Dave Lester at Dangerfields. He's the 30th comic. See how I'm fucked up at? I don't know where he's also. No, talking about Lena Dunham. My problem with Lena Dunham and any person that thinks they automatically get something just because they look a certain way, I have a problem with entitlement. I do. I do. Because I work hard for everything I get. Like, I'm working hard right now. You don't even know it, but I'm sucking my stomach in. I know I look good, but I'm sucking my stomach in right now. It's very uncomfortable. So I have a problem with people who, 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 who take their thing for granted. And just because you white doesn't mean you just get shit. That's just not how it works. And that's how she thought it was going to be able to do. And the problem with that is not only that she expected to have this black man's penis on her booty, and also the problem with me, for me, where it is, is, uh, you know, there are black dudes out there that would just mercilessly throw themselves at ugly white women at any given time. And I call these guys suckers, because they are fucking suckers. Like... There's a, if you want to date interracially, I don't have a problem with that. I think it's a great thing. But it's important you know your value. Like, I'm a, bl- I'm a black seven and a half. Eight on a good day. If, I'm, if I drink a lot of water, my stomach's flattened. Eight. Eight. And I... And I, and I just don't understand why white girls who are threes think they can just come up to me. You're not allowed to come up to me. You see this cuticles, bitch? Look at this cuticles. <laughs> what are you doing? Do you see? Look at this. Why are you over here? Get your ass out of here. Get, get, get out of here if I call the cops and have them come kill me so I can get away from you. Exchange they race on the paper, black men. They they were white men. I see them very, uh, you know, all you gotta be for white, you just gotta have a nice head of hair, maybe a, a strap on guitar. 
You can date the best black woman of all time. You can date Cleopatra if you want. That's why all the Egyptian movies have white men in, because they ain't fucking win. So my fucking exchange rate is Jamaican money and yours is Euro. Get the fuck out of here. I'm going to save up to get a plant and get the fuck out of here. You kidding me? I know you don't like this joke, old white man. I know. I used to be such outspoken. You know what I love about old white men? They get to be something I never get to be. I, I've always wanted to be this thing that old white men get to be. Old white men with money. They need to be flabbergasted. You ever see a white man? Like, I'm you. <laughs> like I've always wanted to be that. I've always wanted to be. I can't do that because if you know flabbergasted, flabbergasted is when you have a high expectation for something to happen that normally happens when you expect it to happen, and then for some reason that day it didn't happen, and then you throw a man tantrum, a man drunk, if you will. <laughs> I would love to be able to be rich enough to do that. I want to be flabbergasted. I want to be flabbergasted. I would love to be flabbergasted. Oh my God. The closest black men have to be in flabbergasted is when we don't get the proper service we want in a cab and we just leave the door open. You know what? Close the door yourself, faggot. And we just walk away. That's what we do. That's as close as it gets for us. I uh, I got three sons. I got a 15 year old son. Who just came. Damn it, man! Come on! You probably ate ate drunk, ate drinks, and I can't be mad at you. I can't, cause you've been here a long time. I know you have. What's your name, brother? I know you. I can tell. I'm not even gonna be mad at you. Yeah, hey, what's happening, man? I'm gonna come to your job on Monday. I swear to God. I'm gonna come bring all my kids, and we're gonna do this. We're gonna fuck. We're gonna pretend your family. We're gonna fuck this shit up. I'm gonna push this out of your hard drive. That's what I'm gonna do. So funny. Talk talked over my setup for my closer, and I just I just I, he had been talking the whole time. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I it was an audition, so I was trying to audition. I can't believe yeah, I'm saying right. this. And so I, so I was I was tight because I wanted mm-hmm. to have a good set. I was the thirtieth one on the show, and it, the show was 30th. lackluster, up and down. Oh, yeah. So that's Lack- what I had to Lester. Well, no, no, that's them. When it's them, it's lackluster. <laughs> I'm lackluster. But the point, yeah, so I, I knew I had to like get the room up. Uh-huh. And then this motherfucker, I was like, well, I can't take time to dispatch him mm-hmm. the way I would normally because this is a tight spot. I got to just power through. But at the end, I had, you saw, I was like, like, I never lose my cool like that. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, how can but we? You caught yourself so I fast, myself. and then you you I walked reeled off stage it in. too to really yeah, and you reeled it in. What I loved about what you did there is you threw him right back off the scent. You were like, yeah, I lost it, but I can't be mad at you. I know, I know, I can't be. I fucking love it. I love yeah, it. It was. Yeah. It's such a. It's so deftly done because they're like, oh wait, I thought he was mad at me. Oh, I guess he's not mad at me. <laughs> Let's guard down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And I said, Lena, let me tell you something. Come here. Come here. <laughs> Come here. Don't do that again. Fucking awesome. Dude. Because I wasn't gonna be able to do my I see this is how now this guy has to be my closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I threw the then I threw the uh the, the flabbergasting you know thing right. just to right. at least put a cap on it. Hey, this is the end of my set. So I needed Yeah. It's well done though. I mean like the the fact that you brought it back around with flabbergasted, it's great. You still seem a little bothered by him. Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like looking. He's yeah. like, you're like, oh. I'm remembering <laughs> emotionally. Yeah. I'm an emotional guy. Yeah. Uh, I usually go home to deconstruct and reconstruct. 
Mm-hmm. But sometimes if you're out long enough during the course of any given day, especially if you do stand up and makes your hours another, you make your day another four or five hours. Yeah. Sometimes emotionally, you you find yourself reclimped outside, mm-hmm. just in your feelings outside, yeah. and then mm-hmm. you got to deal with people. And yeah. Crazy. That's, That's hard. The one. <laughs> yeah. That was like really Hulk need cave. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this when I was uh going through what what? When you were going through? When I was going through my shit like right. a few months ago. Right. I would be like, man, that was a great fucking set. I'm so I'm gonna go do another one. Now I was hanging out with my friends and then it'd be like, oh no, th- no, breakup sadness. You cannot you're not invited. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. nine thirty. Let's just put it off for two hours. Mm-hmm. Two hours. Just let me do this set. and then I'd just be like so uh, I'm going through, and I'll be like, "Why are you talking about it on stage right now? <laughs> Do your job. Do my fucking job, Eric. Go home and be sad, it's like everybody. Mo- that's why you have a couch. I tell people, oh. do not be sad in your bed if yeah. you can afford it. That's what the couch is for. The couch is a tarmac of your oh, emotions. Man, that's a good point. You go there, you sit there, you, and you take off your fucking clothes when you get in the house. Take those fucking clothes off. Put on some sweatpants. Put on some fucking sweatshorts. I think a train be. is what's to be sad at. Huh? The train is for being sad. I like, <laughs> I'm like. i sad on the train. I decompress. Well, that, you can begin. On the that's your descent. The that's garden. your descent. Like the way the airplane is at. The oh, place. in the train, not in front of it. Okay, I get it. <laughs> no, wait. I can sometimes decompress in front of trains. Well, we've all thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> The bit is actually very well crafted now. It's better crafted now than it was then. That's a year ago. That's a year ago to this oh, time. Oh, that's actually. a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And you're still thinking about that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Well, I mean, it's an audition, too. That's, there's a pressure to that and, and a context to that yeah. that they don't get. Right. They're just in the audience. They don't know the stakes. They have, they have no idea that you've that's been where I... practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing and testing and testing and testing for this moment. Mm-hmm. They, have no, they have no idea. And so, of course, that's part of probably why you, you lost your cool for a second. Yeah. And, you, and by the way, I think it's really important to say with crowd work, with riffing in general, it's, if you lose your cool, you lost. You, yeah. you typically have given your power away. Yeah, you've lost. Yeah. Um, I, I, I remember uh, the first time it ever happened to me. It's, it's one of the reasons I never, I don't drink much at all, but I don't drink when I go on I don't drink before I go on stage. I don't drink. So because I lost my temper in the middle and I was, I literally realized halfway through, Oh, I'm in the red right now. Mm-hmm. I said that out loud. I was like, Oh, I'm in the red. With oh shit. Face. Like, yeah. Oh shit. Yep. 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 Mike and everybody's like, who, this isn't fun anymore. And, yeah. and it, you can't come back. Yeah. It's not that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really hard day. You can, you can make fun of it. No. You can, you, but it's, you kind of either have to lean in yeah. and just be way angrier then you gotta take, on you stage. Have to parody than what you, you have to parody yourself yep. in the moment. Yep. You, yeah, can make, yeah, you, yeah. Have to be, you have to be able to like turn on that dime and go yeah. and be like, whoops, oh, that's what it looks like when you lose your temper. Shit. Okay. Like it's, right. Whatever. Make it yeah, something yeah. ridiculous. Or you find something ridiculous yeah, 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 within yeah. the ridiculousness. To that point of you, that you can't lose your cool, um, that's the double whammy with, with, with riffing and with mm-hmm. crowd work is that anybody in the audience – they don't have that that uh, restriction on them. They have freedom to be totally shitty yeah. and not funny. And your job is to be make in control and funny and make something out of their shit. Right. I, when you uh, your your whole I'm going to come to your job on Monday with all my kids. <laughs> well, uh, it, it's so great. Now, was that canned or was that a riff? That was the first time I've ever said that. Uh huh. But it's not the last. Yeah, right? Right? You were like, oh, that's I'm good. I'm going to your job with all my kids, and we're going to just knock everything off your fucking desk. <laughs> everything you were working on, we're knocking the shit off. We're unplugging <laughs> shit. We're pissing in your hard drive. Yeah. And then we're going to call your boss in and have him look at everything. 
Yeah. That's essentially what they do when they're heckling. Right, right. You're showing them. You're rubbing their nose in it. Yeah. I, I, I love, and that's, you had riffing brain. Like it, the, the, the fact that you caught yourself and got right back into the zone, it's, that's great. That's, that happens that's, so rarely. That's 18 years. <laughs> Can't even, I, I didn't even plan that. That's just, it, the light, I followed the light. Come on. Let's talk about sex. This next bit is called Rob's Mom, and it's by Bo Burnham from his 2016 special, Make Happy. Trying to work on my improv. (laughs) My show is very planned uh, to the word, you know, to the gesture. And I'm trying to (laughs) break out of that. I want to make something brand new for every show that only a few people get to experience. What's your name, man? Rob. Rob? All right. I'm going to try to make up a song about Rob off the top of my head. This might not work. Um, it just, it's to keep me sharp, trying to, I'm stalling, trying to think of rhymes for Rob. It's not fair. Okay. <laughs> Song about Rob. Hit the track. Rob. I did. What's her son's name? Rob, he's right there. I fucked his mother. <laughs> <laughs> Rob. I fucked her for an hour, then left when I was done. Cause fucking is her game, and Rob is her son. Did we plan that? We did not plan that. How does he do it? How does he pretend to do it? How does he remain contrived? I'm not. I'm not honest for a second up here. <laughs> Honesty's for the birds, baby. (laughs) I fucking love it so much. I I love like fooling someone with like the idea that they're gonna be involved in crowd work, and then it's just gonna be authentically inauthentic. It's so funny and such like a simple joke, but so funny. Yeah, it's Inception. It's inside. You know, I know. I love it. It's so great. And people shit as comics shit on Burnham because you know he's like a musical comic, which is already like a form of like like it's. A cliche to say, but a lot of comics think it's hack, where it has like a rhythm that's built in, so you don't have to worry about a comedy rhythm to the what you're saying. But he's so experimental, and it kind of reminds me of Steve Martin. Like we were just listening to that clip; it's really funny as like a video, and like even the like my my show's plan to the word to the gesture. He like points and goes boing. Like there's like an audio <laughs> clip. That just was, like that was good. Whoa! What I, just happened? Yeah. I was worried when I picked this clip that that wouldn't translate for us because mm-hmm. we couldn't see it. But it's you can tell what's I, happening, I and the imagination oh, is shit. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so funny. I just love that bit so much. That's I think funny. It's so, and it is an inversion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, he's he's flipping it on his head. He goes, "Okay, are you ready? Um, I'm going to surprise you with how off the cuff I am." Yeah. And you actually end up getting surprised by the fact that it's not off the cuff at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah. It's so it's you you, you love it's, it's it's correct. Yeah, I mean, it's, I hate it when you get me to like anti comedy. I fucking <laughs> ah, I call fucking, stuff anti comedy too. Yeah. That's so funny. Com- yeah. Comedy making fun of comedy more often than not is just you can't write good jokes so you're gonna write a shitty joke yeah. and say how funny was it that that wasn't funny and then parody the yeah. fact that i did this mediocre thing yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah, right yeah. and to me i just I, i'm grossed out by that for yeah. the most part it's fine grossed some people out. love it but like okay he gets me with anti-comedy yeah, bits yeah. all the time so, so it's so it's so infuriating <laughs> yeah, 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 so there's yeah. a listening inside of you somewhere yeah, 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 yeah. oh that is so landmark that's two landmarks in a row but you know what you like yeah. when, you, present. when you like the anti-comedy it's anti-comedy <laughs> But with the education of a comedy fan, like of a true comedy fan. So mm-hmm. they're they're speaking like truth about it. It's like 
you can't make fun of comedy well unless you know a lot about it. Because mm-hmm. point like, of reference. Yeah, he's like he's he knows what he's doing. He's ta- and I love the end. Like as soon as the track ends, he goes he goes. Did we plan that? We did not. We did <laughs> not plan. It. Like I just love that little addition of like. And right. you thought that was improvised? So that's so funny. It's stupid. Yeah, it's and stupid. and and it's it's double dumb. Because it's yeah. just a fucking mom joke. Yeah, yeah <laughs> That's just a fucking mom joke. Your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob. <laughs> Rob. Mom. Oh, we did that on the stoop back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could have done that one on this, with the uh, that little pushed down recorder. We could have done that shit with one of them joints. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My first Sony joint. That's, that's, but again, well crafted. Yeah. Fucking incredible uh, misdirect, which mm-hmm. is the goal in it. Right. And then, and then the, the, the announcement that, yeah, I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I got right, you. Right, right. The mouth was open, too. The, 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 the joy that he takes at the end of oh, it. Oh, he's uh, fucking poking. He's so happy with himself. <laughs> look at you. Look at you fools. <laughs> <laughs> I tricked you into laughing. Yeah. So fucking great. <laughs> awesome. Uh, is there anything else like about this one? I, don't I just know liked to say, it because it's, it's, it's so it's, great. It's so short and it's just so obvious. <laughs> Hey, if you like this episode and you know someone else who would, please take a moment right now to share it with them. We do our best to make this an entertaining resource for performance tips, comedy theory, and writing techniques. We're learning as we go, too, and we're firm believers that a rising tide lifts all ships. So help us help your friends be funny. If you're listening on the podcast app on your iPhone, just look in the lower right corner. There's three dots. Tap that, then share episode. You can also tap the cartoon image of Harrison and me in the app, and then you'll see the show notes with some sharing links for Twitter and Facebook. And one more thing, check out my website, letstalkaboutsets.com. I've organized the episodes by comedians we discussed and by the themes of the episodes. Letstalkaboutsets.com. Okay, back to the show. This next bit is by Big J Okerson. It's from his 2014 Crowdwork Sessions, and it's called For the Love of the Game. I always think you guys are so young to be married, though. How old are you? 29. 33. You're older than him. I am. Older chick? Where'd you guys meet? The world of Warcraft. You've never played that game? No, I've never yeah. played that Fair game. Fair enough. <laughs> Where'd you meet for real? Theater. Theater? theater? Do you, do? you do theater. Yeah. Oh, and you're the only guy banging chicks in theater, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. You were a fucking props guy, and you throw on <laughs> fucking leotards and said some thou shall not something, and she was blowing you under a curtain. <laughs> <laughs> seen it a thousand times. <laughs> Theater? You guys want to play together? You directed it? Yeah. And you want her to get the main part? <laughs> you fucking fake agent it, your wife? <laughs> you know fake agent is? You ever watch internet porn? <laughs> Never? No? You're making a face at him like, no. <laughs> you don't do porn at all? Let me, wait, wait, uh, let me say, you, yeah, I know. Your belief is you want to say because he doesn't need to, which, look, first of all, as an adult with any kind of a sex life, no guy needs to jerk off. That's a sport you do for the love of the game. 
It's like playing horse, right? You just got to go out to the garage. <laughs> I'm not trying to dunk. I'm not trying to back a guy down six inches taller than me and prove any points. This is love of the game. I'm going to go out there and make sure I still got it. Shoot a couple threes. Uncontested. Uncontested. I'm not sure if this analogy is sound. I started just getting excited about basketball. You don't. Yeah, of course. Look, of course he doesn't need to. Do wait. Would you be mad if he watched porn? No. Okay, because I was thinking that might be an answer. Oh, no. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe he doesn't say he watches it because you'll be like, you did what? <laughs> Would you be more comfortable if he did watch porn? I don't care either way. Either way, you don't care, yeah, yeah. and you just don't because you're like, who cares? Wow. Do you guys fuck constantly? <laughs> Just like when you're not fucking doing theater songs. <laughs> I like to live in America. But I'm be in America. You wanna fuck? No? <laughs> what was the production you met on? Was it a famous one? Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde. That's fucking pretty. That's pretty sexy. I was playing a whore. You were playing a whore? <laughs> nice. Did you fuck on set? No. That means they did. <laughs> I would have come all over the ropes that the guy has to use to lift the thing. Dude. <laughs> I've never been in theater. Can you tell? I was like, oh, I don't know, stage ropes? <laughs> Dude, I came all over the stage ropes. <laughs> all right. That's, it. That's great, man. Love that clip. Oh, my God. He reminds me. You know what? He kind of has like a, a little chill Patrice. He's so well, chill. Yeah, definitely a descendant. Yeah, uh, yeah. Disciple, rather. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love that so yeah. much. And then you put you put white you put white male power into that, and yeah, you got some chill, mellow shit. He on has stage. like a kindness to him. Mm-hmm. He's he warm. He's, he's so not. Warm. He's not trying to divide. No, he's Patrice warm. wants to antagonize the couple. He, that's what I was gonna say. He does. Yeah. He definitely has a. Uh, definitely has a, uh, a soothing. There's a soothing aspect to his work. Mm-hmm. Every- that's why it sets you up, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, sets yeah, you yeah, up yeah. to whatever he wants. He's to do. he's he's accepting. He's either accepting or blown away. Those are the two You're ways right. he tends to respond Just to two things. cadences? Yeah. Look at you. It, 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 like, yeah. You, have to, you. You have to sit with somebody to, to, to determine that. Mm. What do you mean? You have, to, you have to watch someone to determine oh, I'm fascinated with Big J. Yeah, I, for sure. I would you love to sit with him, but he doesn't, he's not interested in hanging out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I've seen him live. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there, and there's an intimacy that exists between you and the material. Mm-hmm. I sat yeah, yeah, that's why I asked you. I, I mean, I, I study it because I want to see like one of the things he does consistently. One of the things I love that he does is he always tells them who they are. He tells them who they are. He tells them what they're doing. He oh, doesn't. He'll yeah. ask them to get enough information, and then once he has enough, then he just says, "This is who you are. This is what you do." Like he was like, "You fuck all the time, don't you?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it, it's and but I think a lot of people keep asking when they don't need to ask anymore. Yeah, because they don't know where they're going. It's kind of like it's kind of like driving around aimlessly. He's he he he's, he went around. He's looking for. He knows the size of his car. He knows the spot he needs. Oh, let's back it in. That's what we need. 
I only had to go around and block once. That's it. And he's so warm with that steering wheel. He's <laughs> so warm. He don't even turn the music off. He, the music off. he lets yeah. you listen to the music while he's parking. Who does that? This guy. <laughs> That's a really good and, and he has clearly has perspective that he's bringing to it, right? His, pers- his perspective is, is you know, uh, every guy is a hornball. And so when he comes across somebody who's not a hornball, then he's, he's like, hmm. Come on. You sure? How's yeah, it really yeah, yeah. working? Let me let me give you some some let me give you some uh let me give you another way to look at this. And yeah, he yeah. did. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the guy's like, Yeah, I do like horse. I love that so much. That's such a good analogy. Mm-hmm. An <laughs> uncontested three pointer. Uncontested, <laughs> <laughs> my guy, that's that is that one is what really pushed me over the air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Todd Lynn taught me to write a joke backwards. He said, what's funny? And then what's funny and then back it up to why. Back it up to why you why, why should we care? Mm-hmm. And that's the premise. Once. Ooh, I like that. I, so I, hold on, hold on. Sorry, no, hold on. No, 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 I'm sure it's a great story, Harrison. But you <laughs> just dropped some wisdom. I want to <laughs> see if I can absorb it. No, I wanted to. I, wanted to add <laughs> I was curious because he his eyes lit up. Yeah. I wanted to see. Okay, no, okay, no, okay. No, you go Let first. me just make sure I get it, and then yeah, tell yeah, you yeah, for sure. All right. So, so what you're saying is, um, start with what's funny. And then why it's funny is the premise. And you're back, you're, you're moving backwards. You have your ha-ha moment where you go, my sense of humor sends something. Uh, boom, that's my job. I got to sense that humor. Okay, now, this is what's funny. Describe it. Move Uncontested back. Uncontested is funny. Mm-hmm. Right. Why is it funny? Because <laughs> no one would be Because when you're jerking off, you're not being, bo- no one's bothering you. Yeah, yeah. right. Right. No. As simple as that. Sometimes if, I, if a new joke is doing well, I'll get hung up on the way I'm saying it. And then I'll have to, and then I'll like, like have one set where I'm like a little bit too, like, I feel like I'm on like teleprompter mode. I like delivered it in this like non-organic way. Then I'll be like, ah, I fucking missed the steps. And I was like, and then I was just like, wait, hold up. It doesn't matter how I say it. It's the idea. Funny. The I, you have to just be confident that the idea of what you're trying to say and the point you're getting at is hilarious and that you don't need like a specific way. That's why writing a joke backwards is such an it helps brilliant. you clean. It, it just you keeps you it keeps you honest. And also it pulled like me out of my latest slump. And it was you, the idea of oh shit, I need to remember what's funny about this. Yes. Why, it will yeah, it's the what's biggest funny and why should we care? When you when you I think when we rewrite bits a lot or when you're reworking, reworking, you're constantly reworking it and you just you keep doing it. That means maybe you be trying to say too much sometime. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, we need to stick to the true essence of what we're trying to convey. Yeah. And then come back. It's like, kind of like it's a fire. Take what you need. And then depending on how bad the fire is, you come back and maybe <laughs> you get, you can salvage. Yeah. You can salvage shit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But definitely take what you need. Yeah, yeah. Joke to, to, to exist. The, mm-hmm. the, 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 the fire rule of editing. Yeah, <laughs> hey, it helped me because I talk a lot, I, a lot of fluff. Uh, last thing I wanted to say on this particular thing that Big J does is he consistently goes back to the emotion of the person he's talking to. Right, you get that laugh of recognition so easily if you can be like, like where he was, he said, "Would you be mad if he was jerking off if he was looking at porn?" Right. And then she's then she has to deal with, oh, no, I don't I guess I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that. Yeah. And then the audience is is relating to her emotional state. Yeah. 
Uh, and I think that's really important with, with, with crowd For work. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to, um, make sure that the person you're talking to is okay and just allowing everyone to know she's okay or he's okay. Like, just like as a, cause if they're freaking out, you don't want them to be. Yeah. And it's also important to be like, you're doing this right now. Like with your, like if they make an expression, be like, Oh, what's that? Face? She's looking like, like that mm-hmm. helps. You. No, for real. Like c- calling out the, the emotion on their face. That's, that's Patrice built that whole yeah, yeah, yeah. section off of uh, the like emotion on her figure. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to our show. You're Thank fucking you. welcome. And a huge thanks to our guest, Dave Lester. (laughs) If you want to find out more about our guest, head to letstalkaboutsets.com and you can check out the show notes. We also have many more episodes organized by theme and by the comedians that we discuss. You can get our episodes automatically every other week by subscribing to the podcast. You can do that now on Apple Podcasts or however else you get your fix. Our guest, David Lester, hosts a weekly stand-up show at Hump Singer with Dara Jamat. And that is at Moe's Fort Green in Brooklyn. He also produces... You're looking at me funny. I'm just listening. Uh, okay. <laughs> he it, also, you seem stiff. Yeah, I am because I'm reading it. You've been there. <laughs> Don't look at the paper. Keep all of this in. Don't look at the paper. Hey, Jeff was just at Moe's. He had a great time. Oh, <laughs> Oh yeah, he's, he's looking like he's reading directions <laughs> yeah, to a place. <laughs> Turn left. At he Dave produces Lester. the secret loft party. Hold on, is that better? It's an adult funhouse <laughs> liquor caterer. Free mus, mus, messages, massages, bonfire. <laughs> the look on your face. No, no one's coming. So yeah, yeah. No one's coming. Let me try that again. So. Dave, why don't you tell us about the Secret Laugh Party? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Jeff. That's the <laughs> sound of a good host. I, uh, I, the, the, the Secret Laugh Party is a uh, just a, a cavalcade of just uh, all the things that adults like to do that are legal uh, in one place. Uh, we decided that customers and audience members were tired of just sitting there watching two-hour shows. So we said, let's do something to break it up. Let's do shorter shows. Let's do let's uh let's 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 train this thing. Let's make different compartments. Let's, so we got a show aspect of it. We have an interactive aspect, which is the karaoke and the game room and the um, massage. We got massages, uh, complimentary massages, uh, just uh, uh, just a bunch of things. And also, obviously, food and drink are included with the price. And you get all you you get all the five senses engaged. Mm-hmm. And we get to and you get to invite you to come out and be and, and be yourself and have fun. You know, there's no uh, there's no fun places for adults to go uh, that they engage all five senses that that's legal anyway that I know of. But I decided, decided to make one, and we you know we rented a loft and we we got a couple of uh, we got some sponsored partners, uh, a bunch of black businesses I would say a bunch of uh, minority owned black businesses, uh, the V Spot, uh, Den of Thieves, Whiskey, uh, Beatbox Radio, uh, and my company Aquarian Moon Productions. We all got together and, and we and we and we basically uh, hitched, hatched this harebrained scheme that's going to happen tomorrow at the Secret Loft, uh, which is on my Facebook page uh, tomorrow afternoon from five to eleven p.m. Should be fun. Awesome, and you can find his Facebook page in the show notes. You should also follow him. That's twitter.com, of course, and it's at Dave Lester. Yes. And you can also find him on Instagram 
at Bedstie Jedi seventy four. That's going to be that. in the show notes. That's right as well. Wait, can I do a, a one quick plug? Yeah, hit someone? it. Uh, we'd also in, implore you to buy uh, a former podcast guest, Casey James Salengo's new oh, album. Mm, That's, it's so, so good. good. It's called uh, Wild Country Phoenix. The uh, <laughs> the cover is him in a suit and a neck brace on a used car in a in like a shitty junkyard. It's a hilarious Great. album. Oh, I just saw his half um, hour. Great stuff. It's so. Oh, I haven't seen his half hour yet. Like, we'll take that out. I saw his half hour. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Uh, it's a fucking great album. Uh, check it out. You can buy it on iTunes. It's great. Casey James. Casey James. Awesome. And uh, I guess I'll plug one thing, too. I have a monthly show. It is called Special Tonight. Yes. It is at The Mockingbird in Manhattan. That's right. I saw that. I saw mm-hmm. that. And I was peeing. I saw that. It's, it's, it's fun, man. It's, uh, it's, it's a great dinner, venue. a free drink, and a full-fledged comedy show where we hire people who've had... HBO specials or you're at the cellar or whatever. Wow. It's it's a full it's the full deal. Much. All for ten bucks. Ten dollars online. Wait, once a month sounds great, Jeff. But I'm looking for a once a week Jeff McBride experience. Are you? Well, it just so happens asked. I've just started a weekly stand-up show that you no can way. find at the V Spot. In Manhattan on St. Mark's. Mm, yeah. That's it's great. What an alley-oop. <laughs> How many Teresas run it with you? <laughs> One Teresa Sheffield. I'm so a glad you Sheffield asked. Teresa. That's it sounded favorite. really narcissistic the way I said it. One guard over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, special thanks to Patrice O'Neill, Bo Burnham, and Big J Okerson. If you want to support the show, please go to Apple Podcasts, write a badass review. If you want to write to me directly, that's Jeff at Let's Talk About Sets.com. Don't be a dick. That's my job. You can also tweet at Let's Talk Sets. <laughs> and as always, a big reach around to Salt and Pepper for creating the original version of the song that we've so fairly modified and used as a secular pun theme song. Thanks. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets.